If you like to walk and would prefer to avoid the crowds of a city, our next guest has a suggestion. You can immerse yourself in another culture and enjoy nature at a leisurely pace on one of the great hiking routes in Europe. Cassandra Overby has assembled a new guide for planning a cultural hiking adventure for a day or for a lot longer. Her book is called Explore Europe on Foot. It features detailed information and photos from 15 major long-distance trails in Europe and includes options to nearby Turkey and Morocco. Cassandra joins us now on Travel with Rick Steves to tell us about the advantages of a walking vacation in Europe. Cassandra, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I just love your book because all I do is go to museums and cathedrals and galleries and, and walk. I feel like I'm hiking in cities, you know. But <laughs> right. there's a whole other dimension to Europe. And every time I slip into that, I think, man, this is such a wonderland of, of things to do as you enjoy Europe. How did you first come to trying a long-distance hike? I actually kind of stumbled into it. I had been a traveler for a long time, and I was down in Guatemala at one point, and I had a breakup with travel because I just... I think I had seen too much, and suddenly it didn't really seem to matter to me anymore. And so when I met the man that I ended up marrying, he invited me on his big dream in life, which was a grand tour of Europe. So whereas I had done a ton of traveling, he didn't even have a passport. So I knew this was kind of a make-or-break-the-relationship kind of request. If he went on this big trip um, and came back months later, he wouldn't remember me. (laughs) So when I finally said yes, I would join him on this trip, I tried to do travel a lot different. And so to me, that meant trying to do something that I really love to do at home, which is walk. And it just so happens that walking, I found, is an even better way to see Europe and to travel than I had ever done before. So you walked with him. He went to Europe for his first time, and and, uh, you were kind of contributing to the itinerary, and it turned out to be a focus on walking. Right. And did that work out? Did you, you, apparently you you did have a good trip because you got married. Right, right. Yes, that all worked out. But, you know, we just kind of eased our way into these walks, and we didn't know that they would become the focus of our trip. So we had planned on a trip that was five months long just in Europe, and it expanded to nine months. We were having that much fun. And even after this whole travel breakup that I had had. A breakup with travel, the, the notion of travel, because right. you OD'd on it down in Guatemala right. or something like that. So yeah. you got to Europe, you met the right travel partner, and you hiked. Since then, where have you hiked? What are some of your all-time greatest hikes in Europe? So the Swiss Alpine Pass route is probably my true love when it comes to hiking in Europe. It's the first um, true multi-day trek that I did. But there's something so different. I mean, I really love the English Way. That's the last part of the Camino de Santiago. The English Way, in other words, you take the boat from England down to... So you actually go to Ferrol, which is where the British took their boats to in Spain, and then Ah. you walk the rest of the five days um, to the cathedral. to Santiago, whereas people who go from San Jean Pied the poor go 30 days or something right, like that. Right, Is that long enough to get the certificate? It is, So yeah. you can go to heaven and everything. Yes, exactly. Oh, five you days. You get your Compostela. Nice. Okay. Yes. So that's the English way, but it's in Spain. Right. And that's a cool trip because it has a finale. Mm-hmm. What's another good hike you did? There's a trail in Bavaria called King Ludwig's Way. Yeah. And this is another of my very favorites King because Ludwig, you have... does it go to everybody's favorite castle? It does. It okay. actually ends right there, <laughs> and you walk past Tufusen. Um, oh. And so that trail through the countryside of Bavaria is just incredible, and all the history it highlights. You know, everybody who goes down there to Mad King Ludwig's Castle, they're charmed by the rolling, beautiful pastoral countryside. Right. And uh, I've, I've rented a bike and biked around there. It's just glorious, and a hike would mm-hmm. be just great. Well, the interesting thing is there's no more fitting way to honor a Mad King than by walking a trail backwards. So that's actually what people do. You start where he died, and you walk back to where he was born. <laughs> 
which is really a great way to do it. Oh, I see. Backwards in time. Right. Backwards well, I, I pictured time. you walking backwards, no. like some Monty <laughs> Python movie or something. Okay, so walking forwards, but tracing his life backwards. Yes. Oh, that sounds great. Okay, another great hike you've enjoyed? The Alsace wine route through France. It's Alsace. one of the lesser-known wine regions, uh-huh. but really incredible. You have a chain of medieval towns about every three miles. Nice. So a different place to stop and have a glass of wine and admire the architecture. So you've collected these in your book with all the insights, and you've got to do the hike to write about it. Since you've been writing this book, are you diligently taking notes in the mountain hut at night to collect all of your tips from the walk, or how do you make a good guidebook about the great hikes of Europe? So I actually look a lot like Inspector Gadget when I'm on trail because I'm following GPX tracks, I'm creating GPX tracks, I'm taking all of the photos. So I took about 95% of the photos in my book, which I'm really proud of. And then also making audio notes, and then at night making written notes of my big impressions. And so, yes, I've hiked every single trail in my book plus oh, more. Okay, because we've got an email from Kathy in Centralia, Washington, and, and she writes, What gadget or item have you recently acquired that has enhanced your walking travels? Oh, so you're hands like, down. You've got a lot of gadgets. What do you yes. recommend? Hands down, my very favorite gadget is hiking with GPX tracks. So I've been a walker for a long time, never bothered to use GPX tracks because I always use paper maps. But GPX tracks have revolutionized my hiking because it's so nice to just be able to follow an app on your smartphone, see where you are. So this is like when we use um, Google Maps to drive to a friend's house in in a city in the United States. It's basically Google Maps for the trail. Are you literally online or do you download it so you can access it without being... Uh, You can uh, download it and have it available. Because Um, I would think that's important because you'll be hiking where you can't get online, right? Yes. So you're hiking. When you leave your last bit of access, you've got it all downloaded. And you've got all that functionality as you hike. It's amazing. As long as your battery is good. Right. And battery issue is a big issue because especially when you're using GPX tracks, your battery drains usually twice a day. Even if you've downloaded it so you're just accessing yeah, something's there. because so it, you're, you have the screen on so much. Okay. And a lot of times, you know, if the so weather is So this is, is interesting. So a lot of people are probably down on paper maps, but all of a sudden the paper map is pretty nice if your phone is dead. Oh, always have a paper map as backup. Very important. Yeah, okay. very important. So GPS tracks? GPX tracks. GPX and there's an tracks. app called Gaia. And this app is $20 to download on your smartphone. It eliminates the need for any standalone GPS device like a Garmin. And it's a lot easier to use. It's really intuitive. You can just upload maps into the program and then set start, and it will just lead you exactly where you need to go. Whoa, this is a different way of hiking. And this is Gaia. How do you spell that? G-A-I-A. It's amazing. And the nice thing, too, is, you know, it's easy sometimes to miss a junction and to find yourself in the middle of nowhere and not sure how to get back on trail. But when you have that GPX tracks, because it shows you exactly where you are in the direction you're moving, it can easily lead you right back to the trail. Cassandra Overby recommends that you use your vacation time to clear your mind and enjoy nature in Europe. She profiles long-distance trails and even one-day wanders that you can explore from Iceland to Turkey, Germany to Morocco in her book, Explore Europe on Foot. Her website is CassandraOverby.com. Patty's calling in from Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Patty, have you been hiking in Europe? I have. Went for the first time this past year. And where did you go, and what was it like? In Scotland, I hiked the West Highland Way, which is from Glasgow up to Fort William. Okay. And so it was about 100 miles. About 100 miles. And why did you like it? Uh, I liked it because it's so stunningly beautiful. The people were friendly. I had a great time on the trail. I went solo. 
so I've done a lot of backpacking in the States as well. Right. And, and you're um, a, gone a, solo. A, a, a woman going solo. And a woman going solo. So Scotland, they speak English, so I didn't have problems there. But mm-hmm. my concerns for other parts, and I can't wait to read your book, is regarding the language and then also a female going solo. So this is good. Cassandra, first of all, have you done any of your hikes uh, solo? I have, and yeah. what's it like to be all alone in the wild wilderness of Europe as a woman? Is it, Are you comfortable? You know, I get that question a lot from women, especially other women hikers. And the absolute truth is I feel safer walking in Europe in the middle of the night than I do in broad daylight in my neighborhood in Seattle. Right. The truth is, you know, you just are safer there. So the things that I recommend are, especially if you haven't hiked very much by yourself, choose a popular trail. So it's nice to have other people to bump into. You know, that's a good point. There's really no reason, I don't think, to choose a trail because it's off the beaten path. I mean, if everybody does it, it's still okay. It means there's more mountain uh, huts where they serve nice lunches along the way. Right. And the truth is when you're doing one of these hikes that goes hut to hut or village to village, you kind of get in a walking bubble with the same people. Mm -hmm. And so you may bump into the same five people each day and, you know, you're generally staying in Because a lot of these are done in daily increments, right? So it's just like the first day people do that, the next day people, and you'll see these same hikers at the uh, Matt Rotzenlager, the the hut with the mattresses up in the loft, and you'll see them at the lunch spot the next day and so on. Exactly. And so, you know, it's nice if you're a solo traveler especially, to be able to make friends like that. And then Mm -hmm. you have people who are checking in on you on trail and looking out for you. Very nice. And you get the very best of being solo because you don't have to hike with anyone and the very best of companionship because there are people there looking out for you when you want. Patty, thanks for your call. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Cassandra Overby, and her book is Explore Europe on Foot. Cassandra, I want to talk about just a couple of the trails that really piqued my curiosity I think if I was going to do one major hike in Europe, I might want to do the Tour du Mont Blanc. And this is a long, long trip, like 12 days if you do the whole thing. But you've laid out a 40-mile, four-day loop. Right. It sounds like it's great because you're mixing all this wonderful Italian and French cuisine and culture. And you're hiking around Europe's tallest mountain, Mount Blanc, which is about in the neighborhood of Mount Rainier. Right. And uh, it just sounds like a wonderful trip. Can you give me a little insight into this hike that goes around Mont Blanc? This is a trail that a lot of people choose for some type of bucket list adventure. So whether it's to celebrate retirement or a big birthday or just to be able to train for something, because this is a trail for those who love mountains. You're surrounded by mountains and the high peak of Mont Blanc that you circle around. But it's also a really great study in culture because you have these tiny alpine huts and there really is an alpine culture. And so you get the alpine food, whether, you know, in my 40 section, it's the French food and then the Italian food. You get those bits of culture. And there's probably no more scenic trail in the world than it's that It's a one. lot of up and down, though, right? Oh, a lot of up and down. <laughs> You're probably Every going, this is torture. But you get to the top, and you go, okay, that was worth it. Then you get into the hut that night, and you have a great meal with well, all these cool people. Right? And it's funny because you hike up there, and every time you think you're done hiking up, there's more up to go. So do I understand you start in Chamonix, and you swing around, and you finish in Cormayeur? Right. And then from Cormayeur, you can actually have a little finale by going up to a Hellbrunner point and over to a Guimadi. Yes. And so you hike around the mountain, and then you go up and over it to get back to Chamonix. Right. Or you could go through the long tunnel, but that yes. would be boring. 
Right. So if the weather is good, take the chairlift there. And if it's not good, then you just take the bridge on a bus. Okay. For something quite a bit different, you talk very uh, well in the book about the Mosul hike, uh, the hike along the Mosul Valley in Germany. A lot of people dream about going to the the Rhine River for the vineyards and the half-timbered villages and the ruined castles. But really, their image of the Rhine, I think, is the Mosul. It's the sleepy little sister of the Rhine. Right. Uh, Talk about hiking on the Mosul. What's that hike like? You know, the Mosul is a really popular region for river cruises because you have these amazing 180-degree turns in the river. But the best-kept secret is that actually the best views are from the top, from when you're hiking, because that's when you can look down and see the turns in the river. Because you've got a photograph that's, if ever there was a hairpin turn, this is a textbook example of what a hairpin looks like. Yes. That river comes down and does a complete 180-degree loop. Yes. And then you've got this wonderful corduroy hills with vineyards. You know, it's just really an amazing and view. But you had to hike up to the hill to, to get that view. Right. But it's actually not that much elevation gain. Mm-hmm. So you can, speaking of elevation gain, hike across the steepest vineyard in the world, which is the Kalmont. Is that what the Via Ferrata? It is. That means the, uh, the, the iron, iron Way. The Iron Way. Yeah. And you're carabinered up and you're clicking onto that cable? or, or what? So with this one, it's actually more of an intro Via Ferrata. So you're not cabled at all. Okay. And you're walking across. So you don't really have to do much up and down. Okay. But you just hang onto that Right. So cable. you're climbing little ladders. Uh-huh. You're holding onto cables. And you're getting to see these vineyard workers trying to work one row at a time because they can't go up or down. And this cable is put there for recreational hikers? Yes. There are industrial cables uh-huh. that they hook their carts so this too, is, but this is specifically for hikers. So anybody can just use it. You don't need to ask permission. You don't need to pay. You don't need to have gear. Right. So if you're, if you're reasonably fit, you can do this via Ferrata on the Mosul River wine Yes. Hike. And one of the best parts too is that you can hike up. What I always put in my pack is a bottle of cold wine there because the specialty is white wine. And then you can look down when you're having you a glass of wine and see the Roman ruins that are right below you. Oh, it sounds great. So that's one to keep in mind. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm talking with Cassandra Overby. Her book is Explore Europe on Foot. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Carol's calling from Bel Air in Florida. Carol, have you been thinking about a hike in Europe? I have. I've looked at the GR5 for years, and I find that very appealing. But I wonder how doable it is, because I've looked at it for so many years. I'm in the older bracket now. Is that something that we could do? GR5, what is that? It goes, it's a long trail that goes from the Hook of Holland. It actually, there's part of it starts in Scotland, but it picks up on the continent in the Hook of Holland. Hmm and goes down, actually goes through part of the French mountains, and then goes down to the Mediterranean. Do you know that one, Cassandra? So I have not hiked the GR5. I've hiked a lot of the other GRs. Um, instead what is, of what including does GR mean? Grand Randonnée. So they're okay. um, like named the... after French routes, mm-hmm. but they basically mean grand route. Okay. And that yeah. is pretty grand because it goes from the Hook of Holland up right. by Rotterdam all the way down to the Mediterranean. Right. So the GR trails cover several countries. You can crisscross Europe on them. The important thing to remember with the GR trails is that nobody really writes about the GR specifically, like a very long one. What you want to do is find resources that talk about smaller sections of them. Because, I mean, some of these GRs are like 1,500 miles long, and you Uh, won't find a guidebook for that. So it's best to be able to see it in Modify right. it to your, your vacation yes, time. Yes, yeah. So what I recommend, too, is research the most iconic sections of those trails. Mm-hmm. See what other people have done, and then try to find resources to match that. Like, there's All a right. site called GR Infos. 
I believe it's .com, and they have a lot of information on smaller chunks of the GRs. Good luck with that, Carol. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Cassandra, I noticed in your book you've got the Cinque Terre as a major hike, but you call it Cinque Terre 2.0. Right. Now, any of us who have been to my favorite little port towns on the Italian Riviera know that you can walk through the vineyards between the five towns, the Cinque Terre, but you expand it. Tell me what you do for 2.0 Cinque Terre. For 2.0, I actually start a little farther north in Levanto. Mm-hmm. And when you start in Levanto, you get to actually have a little more of the sleepy experience that Cinque Terre used to have because you're off, you're further off the beaten path. And so you're starting in this sleepier little town and you get some great elevation as you're going into the main Cinque Terre towns and some great views looking back at all five. So it's one of the best photo opportunities, actually. So you can see all five towns from one bluff yes. across the bay. yes. And then you're still walking through beautiful orchards and vineyards and... Uh, yeah, olive and, groves. And in the Cinque Terre now, the trails are almost dangerous because there's so many cruise travelers just piling in at the same time. But right. none of those cruise travelers make that longer walk no. from Levanto to Monteroso. Correct. I think people often underestimate the Cinque Terre walk. They've heard a lot about it, so they just think, oh, it's going to be a walk in the park. And they're very surprised when they get there, and it actually is quite steep, and there are a lot of stairs, and they don't bring enough water when it's really hot out. I get a lot of people upset with me because I just say do it. Right, (laughs) right. They should get a real hiking book, somebody like yours, (laughs) I think, because it is is easy to underestimate the heat and the elevation gain, and uh, these are tough trails with huge steps made on these rocks through these terraces. And then with the occasional rainfall, it can get very slick. So this is one trail, actually probably the biggest trail that I think people really underestimate. Okay, so you uh, fell in love hiking in Europe with European hikes and your husband, and you've got a lot of hikes yet to go. Is your husband still traveling with you? He is, And what, what hike do you guys dream about together? On our next trip, we're actually going to Austria, and we're going to do some family-friendly hiking with our baby. She's nine months old. And so we'll do a lake town and then a mountain town, and that'll be our next big adventure. Hey, Cassandra Overby, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on your book, Explore Europe on Foot. I'm going to try one of these myself. Great. Thank you. Rick Steves teaches smart European travel. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Europe's top sites, and a world of information to help turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.